When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sibling conflict is inevitable, but boy, can it be annoying for parents. And actually, sibling conflict can even be good for kids, but frustrating for parents. It's hard to know when and where to draw the line in order to allow siblings to be independent, but also to maintain overall family sanity and peace in the home. I'm Dr. Ann Goshen. I'm a psychotherapist, and I specialize in helping couples and parents. And today, we're talking about sibling fighting, how to keep the peace, and this is Parent Savers. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome, everybody, once again to Parent Savers, broadcasting potentially for the last time from the Birth Education Center of San Diego, but not because Parent Savers is going anywhere, but because our good friends at the Birth Education Center are going to be moving. Yes. And we're going to be doing maybe some changes with Parent Savers and have going more virtual. Do you want to tell them about yeah. that real quick, Sonny? Yeah, we should, we should talk about it briefly because this is a pretty big change it's for us. It's exciting and it's awesome. It's really cool. It's really cool. So when we started these shows uh, four years ago, you know, the technology has evolved, right? And so for the last four years, we probably primarily been meeting here in the San Diego area to record the shows. And as you guys know, sometimes we have people join us remotely, um, but it's still very San Diego centric. And so one of the things that I really wanted to do is branch out and to involve as many parents as we possibly could from all over the country, even from all over the world, if that's something that they want to do. And so the best way to do that is to have everyone, now that technology is kind of caught up with us, be able to record straight from their own computers at home. So what we're going to be playing around with is uh, moving from recording here in a studio in San Diego to everyone recording from their own homes. And like I said, the technology is really easy to do that nowadays. Uh, the, the recordings actually turn out fantastic. The quality is super good. And then we can broadcast in our pajamas. And what is better than <laughs> broadcasting in your pajamas? <laughs> I'm not going to say. <laughs> so, oh, but you'll never know I'm right. in my pajamas. <laughs> so. No, it's really great. And I think with technology and all the ways that you guys are able to connect with us, whether yeah. it's by Facebook or Twitter or just even when the new podcasts come out. I yeah. mean, there's so many ways to get it. So thanks to all of you loyal listeners. It's nothing uh, that is changing with Parent Savers from a standpoint of the highbrow um, conversation you have. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, that we have every uh, every episode. Uh, but it is uh, a change, and I think it's going to even make the show go more global and um, – We're going to explode. That's right. That's right. So thanks to our friends at the Birth Education Center in San Diego for all the hundreds of episodes of different shows that we've taped here. For you guys listening, make sure to check out all of our apps. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know what you think. And if you guys want to join in the conversation more, now that we're ready to embrace you even more virtually, please do. Um, So let's talk about who's joining us this week, including somebody is joining us virtually. So we have Jules on the phone joining us from from Seattle uh, to kind of give you a taste of the future of Parent Savers. (laughs) Um, Jules, tell us a little about yourself. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jules, and my husband and I have a five-year-old 
triplet girls, two identical, one fraternal, and I wow. I am I need all the information I can get on this topic. Yes, and the topic today, <laughs> if I haven't said yeah, sibling fighting. Sibling fighting. And so yep. um yeah, for sure. And so my name's Joner. I'm your host. I am a PR guy by day and a Parent Savers podcast host uh, by, by weekend. By weekend, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Um, with Sunny. I just love the chance to get to hang out with Sunny. We have three boys: a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a four-year-old. And yeah, love sibling fighting, huge thing in our house. So I'm really looking forward to this topic. Uh, sunny. Yeah. So I've got four kiddos of my own. The oldest is five and a boy. He's a boy. And then I have a three-year-old boy. And then I have identical twin girls um, who are just over two. Lots of sibling fighting in my house. It's mainly the boys kind of fight with each other. And then the girls are starting to kind of fight mm. with each other. Not a lot of cross-fighting between the genders yet, but yeah. I'm sure there's only 21 months between my three-year-old and my, my two-year-old twins. So I'm expecting that that to kind of increase. But right now, the boys seem to be fighting with each other and the girls are fighting with each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in a way, they're sort of like doubled up. Yeah, like, they are. Sort they of like are. The boys and yeah, the girls. Yeah. yeah. And then our expert is Dr. Ann Goshen. Yes. Welcome. Hi. Thank Tell you. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, I have a sibling. I have an older brother who's okay. three years older than me, and we're kind of in the same field of psychology. So, mental health, that's interesting. I have one daughter who's uh, an adult, and uh, she has two girls, ages 7 and 10, so I'm a grandma. And then I have two stepdaughters, and one of those stepdaughters has a little boy who just turned one and another one on the way. So he doesn't have a clue yet what's in store for him. <laughs> he, he thinks he's the center of Wait. the universe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Before we begin the conversation, we like to talk about apps or technology that might be useful to parents. And this is a thing that's really kind of exploding in our community right now. And I wanted to tell you guys about it. It's a really neat thing, and it might be available in your community. If not, there is a way to get it started in your, in your community. And it's called Buy Nothing. And the website for the overall thing is buynothingproject.org. But this is, it's a Facebook group, really, that we have in our area. And so I'm from an area of San Diego called Scripps Ranch. Um, and so there's a page called Buy Nothing Scripps Ranch. And there's different areas in San Diego that currently have this going. And what it is, is when people are done using something, whether it is maybe some necklaces or some furniture, or maybe it's some baby stuff. I've seen um, like crib bumpers on there or some toys for kids to ride. The idea is that in order to build community, that you offer to gift it to someone within your community that might have a use for it and have either kids that would use it or it would really help them out. And then when you drop it off, it's not just like a Craigslist exchange. It's like, oh, hi. Oh, you live here? Oh, I have a friend that lives on this cul-de-sac. Or, oh, you know so-and-so? And you're trying to make community connections. So it's a really neat thing that's happening in that families are not only connecting with each other, but you know, you might have something that you don't want to get rid of. Say Sunny quit podcasting. She's like, I have all these microphones. What am I going to do? <laughs> and someone's like, hey, I'm starting a podcast. I'd love new microphones. Mm -hmm. uh, so that sort of thing. And it's a really neat, positive thing. Um, have you, do you guys have that in Seattle at all? Have you guys heard of this? Oh, yeah. I've seen that uh, up in my neighborhood specifically. I haven't actually used it yet, but... 
Yeah, it's something that and in our, in our group, I think over the past like three months, it's really, you know, in our community, it's become kind of a big thing. And I think it's really neat and worth looking into it. So, Sonny, you were looking into it today. You hadn't heard about it. I had never heard of it before. Unfortunately, it's, it hasn't made its way up north to where I live in San Diego yet. But like John said, there's a way that you can actually start one. And so through the website, you can click on a button. It can kind of take you through the process. And I was looking on their website and they have a section for media, like, you know, basically headlines and stuff like that, that how people are using this. And so uh, I forget where Como is at. K-O-M-O. That's, that's in Washington. Seattle, right? Seattle, right? Seattle. That's, that's, Seattle. that's in your neck of the woods. Okay. So Como did something, uh, an article I'm sure was on TV too, but uh, on their website where they talked about how a local woman, she was getting married and they were planning to just go to the courthouse to get married. And she posted this. something. Yeah, did you hear about this? And then people in the community kept donating stuff to her. Like, um, let's see, a dance studio in town donated two rooms for the wedding and reception. Photographer, videographer, and DJ stepped up free of charge. Yeah. Uh, people donated gowns and bridesmaids dresses. That, that might be kind of interesting. You might have like a lot of different dresses in your party. Um, That's kind of a thing now, actually. It I is, think. actually. It, yeah. yeah, if you can keep in the same kind of color or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyways, people brought chairs, tables, party favors, decorations, even donated dishes for the buffet that they had. So well, someone's whole wedding changed as yeah. a result of and, this. And I saw in our community on a smaller level, there was a woman who wanted to throw a surprise party for her mom who was just finishing cancer treatments. Mm. And she had seen like a thing where somebody paints like one of the ribbons and then people were at the party signed it but she said she put on this group this I really want to do this for my mom I don't have any artistic talent is there anyone that might be willing to help and a local artist said you know what I would love to help with something like that and it was something that that woman that helped felt good about doing it for someone someone got that thing for her mom and it was it's a really neat community thing and for parents with young kids it's awesome because a lot of times when people we, on the stuff level just want to get rid of stuff, it's because mm-hmm. their kids are getting older. And so if you have young kids, you've probably learned by now that you don't necessarily have to buy anything new and to have some stuff kind of coming in by a different avenue that will get really loved and used is welcomed by everyone, even the people that are giving away the object. Yeah. No, I think it's a it's a really great idea, I mean, and I just love how it's changing people. And and I we should say too that it's not just in the U.S. Like if you go to their website, like there's different countries, and you can select what country you're from, and then what air, what you know, in the U.S., then what state, and then what city. So I mean, it's yeah. it's really you know it's kind of out there now. Yeah. Right? So if you haven't used it yet, I, I think that it's really worth checking out. BuyNothingProject.org. I would also suggest looking on Facebook, Facebook if you have a Facebook account for Buy Nothing, either from your local community or your city. Um, and I'm sure that it would take you to some pages to look it up. But if if this is something that you're – and <laughs> Jules is like, I'm going to Buy Nothing right now. She just hung up. Um, but if this is something that you guys hear about or are able to use, let us know about it. We'd love to hear about it. It's something that in our community, it's just sort of emerging. It sounds like it's in, been in Seattle. So mm-hmm. let us know what your experiences is with Buy Nothing. And I think it's a good resource for parents. So hopefully it works out for you guys. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
Today on Parent Savers, we're talking about sibling fighting and how to keep the peace with Dr. Ann Goshen. Welcome, Dr. Goshen. Thank you. So you were mentioning in the intro you have a sibling yourself, so you're well qualified to talk about it from this perspective. And mm-hmm. then you um, you have grandkids in the in the neighborhood, <laughs> and you've seen sibling fighting all over the place. You have a daughter yourself, uh, so and not only professionally, you're also so you're well qualified, I think, to talk about this topic. So let's talk about sibling fighting. So it's natural, right? Like it's going to happen. Uh- you know, it's built into our DNA. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually built into our DNA because as a species, we evolved and survived because we were competing for resources, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And that's really what sibling rivalry about. And if you think about what is the primary resource that we provide our kids, and it's our time and our attention. Right. And so at the core of a lot of sibling rivalry, and I call it rivalry, not fighting, because fighting is the behavior that comes out of that. And I think we put that there because that's what Sonny and I are dealing with right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. This, this yeah. is yeah. a very so, personal episode. Full for disclosure. Okay. Yeah. But, no, and, but yeah. I agree. Sibling rivalry. And we can talk about it in that context for sure. Yeah. And that's fine because I think it's the fighting, the squabbling, the bickering that gets on our nerves as parents. Yes. And it's like, oh, my gosh, can I just get them to shut up? So – starts by understanding it is inevitable, but how do you deal with it and how do you help them deal with it is the key. Well, and how do you know when it goes from normal to something um, yeah. excessive abnormal. and yeah. abnormal? Like I've heard a story about, I think it was Christina's cousins. Mm-hmm. And when the baby came home, the older brother was so jealous of that baby that he did something to try and hurt the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is obviously a little bit different competing i mean but it i mean it is competing for resources and your parents love so i mean that maybe is one obvious example but like where how do you know when there's maybe a, a line crossed and normal sibling rivalry or bickering is is getting bigger great question because when it crosses that line it can actually get dangerous yeah and part of our job as a parent is to protect our kids but part of our job is also to prepare them for being healthy a functioning adults I think there's some obvious situations where it crosses the line or potentially could cross the line. And certainly kind of the example that you were sharing, John, or where there's a, a, a difference in age or where one mm-hmm. child really because of their age or their uh, physical abilities or whatever is not really able to defend themselves. And so they may need a little bit more direction, more protection. I think the other thing that's critical is for the parent not to wait till it gets to that point. So they're usually, before it gets to the point of crossing their line, the line, there are usually all kinds of red flags. Mm. And as parents, we really need to pay attention. And, and I'll just give you an example of that that I experienced a few years ago. I have a nephew who um, at the time was 12, and he is adopted. Uh, he was adopted at the age of 12, and he was severely brain injured before that. So he's a kid who really is not able to control or manage his behavior or his emotions very well. And this was a situation. I was visiting my uh, brother and sister-in-law, and my nephew, Bo, was there, and his cousin was there. And the boys were were being boys, like you're talking about, like your sons. Mm -hmm. And they were going around and playing and, and chasing each other. And I'm sitting watching this, and I could see it escalating and escalating. My brother's sitting in the corner reading my uh, sister-in-law is in the kitchen making cookies, and these two boys, and, and it was just, it was a recipe of, for disaster. It really was. So I think part of it is we need to be paying attention and not just wait until it gets yeah. out of line. Yeah, it's not the, 
scream or the hit that like, oh, I need to do something. But mm-hmm. the, you can tell beforehand. Yeah. And sometimes we ignore those signs because mm-hmm. we're hoping, oh, it'll, they'll stop. It'll go away. It's not that bad. Or or we're, you know, doing our own thing or on our Facebook mm-hmm. and on the phone. And so yeah. we need to be more mindful as parents. Yeah. So what are you seeing up there with the three girls as far as um, the sibling rivalry or is it fighting or what, what stage are you at up there, Julie? I would definitely classify it as rivalry that turns into fighting. Yeah. Because, I mean, since they were born, they've always had to share us. And so when there are opportunities to have mom or dad to themselves, it's a very big deal. And uh, there's a lot of, it, no, it's my turn, or I want to sit in this part of the of the car. Uh, I mean, there's still a lot of, it's gotten better. But I mean, most of the arguments are over who's playing with what. Um, we had a big blowout today over which color Play-Doh somebody was using or which pony they were putting Play-Doh on. So, I mean, at the age of five, the the arguments are not, too full-blown yet. Nobody's really gotten injured. There's been some hitting. We did have a biter uh, oh, geez. when she was 18 <laughs> months old, and we that's when we implemented timeouts. <laughs> but, I mean, and those have since gone away. We haven't had to use those in a really long time. But, yeah, mainly it's it's competing for yeah. being the main... For your attention, yeah. right. Well, of attention. But so what will happen in our house will be, and maybe you can help me understand the way to deal with it too, Dr. Goshen, is... Like, let's say we're eating a meal and I pull out three plates for the boys and one of them's red, one's green, one's blue because genius us registered for different colored plates and we haven't bought new plates yet. That's a whole other story. Um, You know, and they all want this red plate or to sit there. And I feel like I'm harder on the oldest one, especially who just turned nine. He was eight. Like, dude, it doesn't matter like what the plate is. But it seems like logic doesn't really matter for them. Right. Not at all. And Not so what's that about? Why is it they, they want the right? It's because their brother wants it, right? Yes. It's because their brother wants it's it. It's control and, and power. It's, it's control and power. And it's not about logic. Yeah. And part of it, I think, kids enjoy the squabbling. And so <laughs> what we think of that's as- horrible. Yeah. Evolutionarily, that's right, horrible they do. They for do. parents. <laughs> See, for them, that's kind of like Disneyland, you know? Uh, and and they also enjoy, and I think this is important for parents to understand, they also enjoy getting us, right? Getting <laughs> us re- reacting, getting us right. emotional. Right. So we think that's upsetting to them. It's the opposite. Again, it, that's Disneyland. When they see us going around in circles, <laughs> you know, wow, that's power for them. We're like a ride. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's. I mean, that's a totally different way to think about it because yeah. you would think that – well, they're getting my negative attention, so yeah. they they better not – they can't like it. Oh, they love it. They, they love it. I mean, they love level. the positive too, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. On some level, even when it's negative, yeah. they're loving it. But they, when they fight and hit each other and push each other and stuff, they're not really trying to hurt each other, are they? Like that's what I kind of wonder. Yeah. I'm, like, you, I'm like, why would you want to hurt – I find myself saying this. Why would you want to hurt your brother? Why did you just punch yeah. him in the face? But I don't it, understand. It sounds like logic is our worst defense. Oh, yes. Thank you for saying that, Charter. <laughs> it is because – we're expecting them to deal logically. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the one of the keys to helping kids with sibling rivalry is understanding how their brains work. And we know so much more about brain development than we ever did before. And one of the things that we know, and, and you can talk to kids about this in a language they understand, is that there's the emotional part of our brain, and then there's the logical, problem-solving, rational part of our brains. And when a kid is upset, is 
fighting with uh, a sibling, uh, is not getting your your attention as the parent, what happens is it triggers the emotional part of the brain, which is kind of like the downstairs part. And in that moment, they really are not able to sit and go, oh, okay, well, you know, a red plate, a green plate, big <laughs> deal, who cares, no big difference. They're not able in that moment to do that. Yeah. So as the more we understand the nature of our kids' brains and their particular temperaments, the better we can help them. So they're just reacting. There's no filter kind of thing? Is that kind of what we're saying? Well, the younger the child, of course, the yeah. fewer filters. But, yeah. you know, as adults, we don't always have the best filters either. <laughs> That's so, you know, one of the things that I think is is really, really important in, in helping our kids with sibling rivalry, with conflict, let's say, is looking at our own role in that. So, for example, how does my partner and I deal with conflict? We're the role model. The parents are the role model. And so when I have, have parents in my office complaining about this, I will always ask, how do you two deal with conflict? What do you do when you have a disagreement? What do you do about mm -hmm. tension in the home? How do you calm yourself down? Because that's where it starts. And in what ways do you back each other up? Because another yeah. way that kids can be reinforced for that fighting, squabbling kind of behavior is – if they're able to intervene and come in between the two parents. So again, it gives them power when they do that, a power you don't want them to have. I feel like I've seen with my kids sometimes where if they are having their squabbles or their bickering, saying things that like, oh, that's like what I say. Like yes. They're, yes, you like, hear your I, words I, I do coming see back. It. I yes. hear them being like, he's trying to deal with his little brother how he's seen me deal with him. Right. And yep. like, maybe I shouldn't deal with them like that. Mm -hmm. you yes. know, whether it's... I'm in, I'm in the middle of work right now. Hold on, give me a minute yeah. or whatever or whatever. Like they told modeling is such a huge thing. Oh, it's huge. so obvious and probably one that we wouldn't even yes. a lot of times you might not even think about it. Yes, it's huge. And the good news about that is that our behavior with them and between ourselves and their other parent is hugely powerful. So we have a lot of ability to teach them through that role modeling. We just need to be more conscious of it. Yeah. And and I think if we think about sibling rivalry or sibling fighting, if we think about the, that our job is not just to stop it or control it or get them to stop it. Our job is to help them learn how to manage when they have a conflict, a disagreement, when they're not getting along with somebody because that's a skill people need the rest of their lives. And it's – you know when I work with uh, couples, for example – the number one issue that couples bring to me is conflict. Yeah. They, and generally speaking, they have no clue on how to manage conflict. So if the, if the parents don't know how to do it between the, themselves, it's going to trickle down. But man, stopping it feels so good sometimes. And that sometimes is all that you feel like as a parent that you need. Mm -hmm. Like literally, guys, stop yelling at each other. Yeah. yeah. Just stop. And then deal with it. But we really need to be giving them the tools to work through. Not that we don't. I'm just saying there's yeah. times where you're like. There are times when you just, you yeah. know, you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think we need to be really careful of what I call going by the seat of your pants parenting, which is just oh, reacting no. in the moment. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Do you do that? <laughs> I hope Christina's not listening to this now. I'm sure. I well, we'll have to call Whenever her Whenever someone yeah. says what not to do, I always assume yeah. this is yeah. about to be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I need more confidence. <laughs> I, I think every one of us who's a parent has done the what not to do at some point. Sure. Yeah. Every one of us can look back and go, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? What if I could replay it? But if you start to have the attitude of 
when our kids are behaving in, in ways that are annoying to us, that is a teaching opportunity. It's a learning moment. And what it does is enables us to kind of get a bigger perspective, a broader perspective. And I think that really, really starts, as I was saying, with the, the knowledge of the role model, mm-hmm. but also with the parents' ability to calm themselves down. Because if you're disciplining children and you're not calmed down, it's very easy for that to go the wrong way and, and to not be effective. Yeah. So we need to know how to calm ourselves down and also how to help them. So can we play out a scenario here? Sure. So I I have an example to go home with. Yeah, the whole thing, you know, about fighting with toys and stuff like Jules, like hit the nail on the head when she was talking about that. Like, I feel like that is the number one issue in my house is someone took someone's toy or whatever. Someone has something that someone else wants. And so I'll hear about I'm usually, you know, not right there. They're, They're smarter than to cause a fight when I'm right there, right? So it's usually something across the room or something like that. And usually, it, I mean, their, their go-to, I don't have a lot of reaction time. There is no reaction time. There's, you took this, boom, you know, fighting going on. It's not, I'm not watching anything build up. I feel like it's coming out of nowhere. Um, but they do this constantly. And so if I see that, you know, my, my first thing is I'm usually going to the person who's been hit because they're crying, right? And that's my nature is to console who's whoever's crying and then ask them, okay, what happened? And usually it's, he took my toy, he hit me, whatever. Okay, come over here. Why did you take the toy? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and then well, will you apologize? Can you apologize to your brother? You know, it's not nice to hit. You wouldn't like it if someone hit you. I feel like this, this is my mm-hmm. conversation that I have over. I mean, <laughs> what am I doing over. wrong? Because it's not working. <laughs> Yes. Okay, great. Great question. Let's take a quick break. Uh, I'm serious. I hate doing that. I'm sorry, guys, but let's do it now. And then we'll jump right back into that. And we'll be right after this. Can I be Chuck Willery, two and two? Is that way too dated of a reference for everybody? Nobody knows what you're talking about right now. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about sibling fighting, how to keep the peace. And we just had this scenario laid out where Sunny <laughs> gave us a day in her life. Probably happens five times a day. Yes. The conversation that she has with her kids. So why are you crying? Why did you do this? Yes. Why did you do this? So let's talk about dealing with that and strategies. So how okay. can we help our kids? Okay, great, great example and a universal one. And I'm sure that Jules in Seattle can relate to that as well with, uh, with her triplets. A couple things. One is in that kind of a situation where it's something that happens over and over, very common. I think it's really important to create a strategy ahead of time and create a rule. So for example, the rule might be if somebody grabs a toy or if I hear fighting about toys, the toy gets removed, Mm -hmm. whatever the toy is. And it doesn't matter who did it. Because part of what we want our kids to do is to develop the ability to collaborate, work together, and problem solve. So, for example, instead of having them apologize, which I think they it's not usually genuine anyway, their apology rather, but to instead have them look at, okay, what can you do right here? What can you do? So just as an example, uh, I was in the car with my grandchildren who are uh, seven and 10 the other day, and... I had taken all of the activity books out, so there's nothing for them to do. They're in the back seat. It was a long drive. And I had one notebook and one pen, and that's all I had in the car for them. So I handed it to them, and I said, see if you can figure out 
how you can work together with this. Because I don't want to hear any arguing about it or fighting about it, because then the uh, art supplies, the the book and the uh, pen are going to, they'll be gone. I'm going to take them away. So I'm listening to them. And at first it was, no, I want it. She wants it. And one of them said, well, we could take turns. And the other one said, no, I don't want to take turns. And they kind of went back and forth. And they finally came up with a solution where they were going to do joint pictures. One would start a picture, the other one would add something, then they pass it back and forth. And they had the best time with that. And so what they were learning was to collaborate. So for that kind of a situation, what you might do is, as I was mentioning, create a rule that is, if there's fighting about a toy, the toy is removed. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to get into figuring out who did what. Right. And because I think that's a trap. That can be a trap. Sometimes that's useful. Sometimes that's just a trap. You can also talk to them, again, ideally when it's not happening, about the situation. Like, I notice that it seems like you fight about toys a lot. And, you know, that just doesn't work for me. I don't like to hear you squabbling. I love it when you get along. Let's talk about what you could do differently. Oh, you know, how could you do that? So what you're doing is you're getting them involved in problem solving. And Maybe they come up with, you know, two or three ideas that you didn't even think about, like right. the the um, plan that my grandchildren came up with. So I think that's part of it. And part of it is recognizing, of course, if somebody's getting hit, um, then that child might need to be removed. So if it, if it happens all of a sudden and it's something that happens over and over, think about it ahead of time, plan for it, create a rule, get them involved in problem solving. I like that. I I love that too. I've been doing two of those in that someone gets removed if it's getting too crazy. And if you fight over it, it's mine. But I had not integrated the involving them in any sort of solution yet. So I think obviously that's the piece that I'm missing. Good, good. And I'm glad to hear that, Jules, because that's the part where we're really helping them prepare to be, you know, adults who can resolve conflicts and deal with issues of, of tension or disagreement. So that's that's really good. I'm beaming you know, over here because this is the part where I realize I'm not an idiot because <laughs> no, one of the things – we, like, we do that. And I always tell the kids, figure it out. And so I think what I'm kind of hearing is we're not the referee for sibling conflict and yes. we shouldn't see ourselves as the referee. It, it, it's, it's a trap. It's not what did you do. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. But instead, we're the coach and, and yes. saying, hey, exactly. you guys figure it mm-hmm. out and um, – you know, like I'll even tell the kids sometimes, like if they're raising their voices, and this is probably where I say something and then I'm doing it wrong, um, <laughs> is that I don't really even necessarily care exactly what it is, but you guys work this out and work out in a way which is an appropriate way to talk to each other too, just to try and get them to manage it. And they usually are able to come up. I love that picture idea that they That's came with the joint idea. picture drawing. Yeah. That yeah. was really cool. And I think I just wanted to um, follow up on something you were saying, John, and that is when we say to them, you work it out, I think it's important to know whether or not they're capable of doing that. Because a yeah. lot of parents will mm-hmm. say, no, you, you need to go work that out. Well, sometimes kids don't know how to do that. Right. right. So there's a difference between doing that and, like you said, being a coach. Yes. Right. Coach is not a referee, but a coach is not somebody who just says, okay, you do it. Right. A coach needs to be teaching those skills. Yeah. And I, I want to give you an example of that uh, this was – my granddaughter, Eden, who I think at the time she was about five, and we had a couple kids uh, at the house, and she was playing with one little girl, and they were having just a great time playing Legos. Uh, I happened to be upstairs uh, in the room to get some in her room to get something. This other little girl comes in, and 
right into the middle of them and wants to play with them. And Eden says to her, no, we don't want you here. Get out. And I was like, of course, mortified. You know, <laughs> She's a guest at our home. How can you say that? And I said, Eden, come here. And I took her outside the room yeah, that's- by herself. And I said, Eden, that was not kind, what you said to that little girl. That was not kind. You need to do something differently. Go back in there. And she looked at me and she said, I don't know what else to do. And I went, whoa, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she really doesn't. So we talked about it. Yeah, We talked about what else could she do. And I gave her some ideas and she came up with some ideas. So we can't assume that kids know how to do that. I've talked about it before. I feel like you come up with this assumption that kids know how to do things automatically and they don't. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily born with the facility to come up with different solutions to problems there. And so we need to teach them. Let's talk more strategies about keeping the peace among siblings, Uh, you know, as we're looking at ways to help them, you know, we're coaching them a little bit. Do you have other things to like maybe ideas? Well, I think just to reiterate, one of the things I said is when you see something going on is to calm yourself down first and monitor the risk, obviously, Mm -hmm. and then help them calm themselves down because they can't problem solve until they have their emotions in check. So, for example, the other day I was I was with my grandchildren and one the little one got upset about something and her older sister because I think we've worked with them a lot in in how to calm themselves her older sister who's 10 came over to her looked her right in the face and said now Eden take three deep breaths. You know, I thought, <laughs> "Whoa, she's learning. She got this." Uh, so, and that's a wonderful wonderful tool. It sounds really simplistic, but if something's you know, going awry with the kids and they're getting upset, maybe just to say, okay, let's all take three deep breaths together and then go to the next step. You know, it's a tiny thing, mm-hmm. but the message is let's take a moment because it's rare that something needs to be dealt with right in that second. The other piece, and I was talking before about that sibling rivalry is built into our DNA. Mm-hmm. And it's really about that competing for resources. Well, if, if the parent is the primary resource and part of that squabbling, like you were talking about with your kids, part of it may also be it's a way to get mom to come in here sure. and do something and get mom's attention. So one thing that we need to always be conscious of is are we noticing and reinforcing, acknowledging when our kids are cooperating, collaborating, or are we just so so grateful for a little bit of peace and quiet that we're ignoring them. So we need to really be doing that. Like every once in a while, you're driving in the car, they're in the back seat and they're getting along okay. Stop and say to them, you know what, you're, you're doing so good. You're really sharing or you're really being quiet or I like the way you, uh, you know, one, part, one of you had the toy and you gave it to the other one. So we really need to be doing a lot more of that. It's so easy to focus on the negative. Yeah, it's funny. You want to jump into this this whole topic and think, how am I going to stop the kids from fighting? Mm-hmm. But the answers are be positive. Like some yeah. of the answers are positivity and modeling appropriate behavior, which has nothing to do necessarily in yes. the moment of the fight over whatever toy it is. That it, it it's about so much bigger than that. Like mm-hmm. it, it's more than just the toy yes. to deal with sibling fighting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think one of the things in the moment that we can sometimes do, it's, if it's appropriate, is remove ourselves. So yeah. if we say this concept that they're wanting at some level our attention when they're squabbling with each other, and we say to them something like, you know, it sounds like right now you're not ready for me to be here. Or it sounds, you know, right now I don't want to be around you. 
when you're squabbling like this. I don't want to be around you. And I think the assumption is that they all have some responsibility and some role in that in that fighting and that squabbling. So right now I'm going to put on my headphones and listen to some music or I'm going to go in the other room. Let me know when you're ready for me to come back. I did that with uh, Ashley Needham the other day, actually, last week. And they were squabbling over something. And I have limited time with them because I'm the grandma. And I said, you know, I don't like being around you when you're doing this. It's not fun for me. And I'm going to go upstairs and let me know when you're ready for me to come back and spend time with you. And I wasn't halfway up the stairs and they both came came out of the room and said, Grandma, Grandma, please come back. We're ready. And they were absolutely great. <laughs> okay, Jules. So what are you taking away from this show? What are some things that you're you're writing notes on or whatever that you're ready to to uh, act on? Have you learned anything? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Tons. Uh, yeah. No, the, the, the inclusion and empowerment in letting them participate in solutions. That sounded very well thought out, didn't it? Um, but yeah, also, no, it was great. <laughs> I'm, I'm also considering, uh, getting rid of our color coded items. When you started talking about the plate argument, right? it really came back to, we have that same argument sometimes in our house because we made the mistake of color coding them. When they were infants, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not not necessarily for our be- benefit, but for grandparents, I, like my mom in particular, could not tell Ashley and Sarah apart. And so we just went with the colors of their blankets. And there's a lot of, this isn't my cup. You gave me the wrong cup, mom. Right. You yeah. Know, okay. Th- this is Sounds Sarah's like it's cup. time to retire that. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, just so, but that's a little bit of a tip. Eliminate the source of conflict. Yes. We talked yes. about putting toys mm-hmm. in time out. But if there's things that we know are going to keep being issues, mm-hmm. like – that just yeah eliminate it. I'm yeah. just go with a brand new strategy, but no, yeah, this is fantastic. I really appreciate being part of this conversation because it's got given me a lot to to come back with yeah. a lot of new tools that I can start using immediately. That's great. It's what would be the last thing you'd want to make sure, Doctor Goshen, that everyone remembers about sibling conflict? I think one thing that I would want people to make sure that they know and take away from this is also looking at the opposite. So what's the opposite of conflict? It's peace. What's the opposite of fighting? It's collaboration. And what's the opposite of rivalry? It's gratitude. So to look at what are you doing in your home, for example, to create a culture of gratitude, the more you do that, the more kids' mindset kind of goes in that direction. So for example, at the dinner table, maybe every night, each person shares something about everyone else in the family that they're grateful for. Because that's really, again, about shifting that culture Mm -hmm. and creating a different uh, norm in the home. Creating the behaviors that you do want to encourage. Exactly. That's great. Exactly. That's awesome. I really enjoyed that conversation about sibling rivalry and sibling fighting. Like I said, we talked called it sibling fighting, but it really talked about a lot of issues beyond just the siblings and you know how we can help. I think we gave some good strategies for in the moment, but also just overall strategies as well. So hopefully you guys found that as helpful as uh, as we did here in the studio. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Dr. Goshen, for being part of the conversation. And we're actually going to continue it just a little bit teeny more for members of our Parent Savers Club with some bonus content. So we'll do that after the show. For more information about the Parent Savers Club, you can visit the member portion of our website. We have a listener question from Annie from Wisconsin. She says she has a two and a half year old son who's developed this weird habit of licking people. She writes, it's not only embarrassing, but I'm also concerned about germs. I certainly don't want him getting sick. I've asked him to stop, but he seems to enjoy the extra attention he gets when he does it. How can I stop this? Hi, Annie. This is Susie Walton from the Joy of Parenting online course and Indigo Village. 
And you had a question about your two-and-a-half-year-old son who licks people. You know, actually, that eventually becomes a habit, so he may be in the habit. So you can let him know, and you can actually role-play with him. on When he wants to connect with people, he can hug them or he can kiss them. And when he forgets and he licks, you just remove him from the situation and say, remember, it's okay to kiss or hug, and that's all you do. And if he comes up again and he licks, you remove him and say, remember, it's okay to kiss or hug. So you don't really get upset about what he is doing, but you're going to be very proactive on what you want him to do. And you're just going to keep doing it to where if he licks you, you go, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, as you remove him, you know what to do. And you'll do do that over and over again. And I have a feeling that will help stop that habit because, as you know, he's not, you know, he's doing it for attention, but... You don't want to make him wrong. You just want to keep going over and over again what you want from him, not what you don't want from him. Okay? So I hope this helps out. Let me know if it does or doesn't. And uh, thank you for that question because there's a lot of little kids out there that are doing the same thing. So thank you, Annie. That wraps up today's episode of Parent Savers. We appreciate you listening, as always. Don't forget to check out, or maybe this is your first time listening, and we would appreciate that, or we'd appreciate more listening, too. <laughs> Listen away. <laughs> Participate. Um, and while you're at it, you can check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed, Twin Talks for Parents and Multiples, Newbies for those going through it for the first time, and tell your friends about it. If you know someone that might be interested in one of these shows, share with them an episode or let, it, or let them know. Add them to the Facebook page. Tag them in a comment something like that uh share the love that's what we like to do here at new <laughs> share Media the Network. Love. so thanks everybody for listening to parent savers empowering, empowering new parents. parents this has been a new mommy media production the information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.